my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic long weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my friend Greg Price from The Daily Caller. It's always a great time talking to Greg. Uh, yeah, we covered a lot. Uh, we talked about uh, President Trump standing up to uh, critical race theory and cultural Marxism generally. Uh, we talked about this ridiculous, debunked uh, Jeffrey Goldberg piece uh, in The Atlantic. Uh, we talked about... Uh, <laughs> CNN President Jeffrey Zucker uh, uh, colluding with the, the Donald Trump campaign in 2016. Just wild stuff over there. Um, yeah, so we, we, we covered a lot of ground today. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to get Greg, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with the great Greg Price. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Greg Price. Greg, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me back. Always good to be on. Absolutely, man. Anytime. So, uh, yeah, before we jump into it, dude, I'm, like, super excited for football this week, man. Like, I'm going to watch every single game. I, outside of, like, a handful of UFC cards, I haven't watched any sports since the Super Bowl. Like, I just couldn't bring myself to watch the NBA because of all, like, the Chinese Communist Party stuff and, like, the baseball season just doesn't feel real, you know, like the shortened season. It's just, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it for some reason this year. So I'm like, I couldn't be more excited for, for football, man. Yeah, dude, I think sports are a very important thing for our country. And, you know, I was watching a lot of the hockey because I'm a big Flyers fan. And we we just lost in the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals, but it was a pretty enjoyable playoff to watch. I was watching, like, baseball is, like, weird without crowds, I feel like. I feel like... I feel like it's not really it's it feel like I like I like watching baseball like I've been watching a lot of it but like it's just it feels weird without crowds but I'm glad sports are back I'm glad they're I'm glad they're figuring out a way to do it because you know I think the last three months we, we haven't really had much to focus on besides corona news and politics and I think we we all need a way to get away from that event at some point so I'm very excited for the NFL to be back I'm excited to Hey, the bars are all open around here and there's a I'm an Eagles fan and there's a big there's always this Eagles bar that I would go to and in DC in DC yeah that's it's, hilarious so dude. I'm, I'm ex- <laughs> yeah dude there's like all those types of places in DC there's like a I know a ball there's a I know a Boston one too but the, the yeah but there's an Eagles bar where it's packed with Eagles fans every Sunday and I can't wait to go dude that is like brutal that is like a brutal indictment of the Redskins. Or wait, they're not not the Redskins anymore. The Washington football team. The, wa- the Washington football team. <laughs> that there's a freaking Philadelphia Eagles bar in DC. Like that's just that's brutal, man. That is just well, rough. Yeah, well, the thing about DC is like most of the people who live there were not born there. Oh, they're yeah. like people who go there for work. So most of like the people there aren't actually like most of the people who are Reds or formerly Redskins now Washington football team. Most of their fans, like, like yeah, obviously some of them live in D.C., but most of them are from, like, Maryland and Virginia. So, like, most of the people in D.C. are people who work in, like, politics or people who work on K Street who aren't from here and they don't root for any of the, any Washington 
sports teams. Now so that you, a lot, so now that you like mention it, I don't even, out of all my friends that live in D.C., I don't, I can't think of any of them that were born in D.C. Like, I can think of zero people. Yeah, that's like, yeah, D.C.'s become, is becoming, like, gentrified like that as <laughs> people moved in. It's like, so, like, yeah, there's, like, like I know, like, I know uh, there's this one bar that was near my, like, where the Daily Caller office used to be that we would go to a lot because they had $2 beers every uh every friday for happy hour and uh that was a that's apparently it was apparently a bangles bar what like for bang for bangles fans yeah it blew my mind too that's the ridiculous because the bangles suck sucked last year dude like now they got joey burrow but like it was just like really there's enough cincinnati fans in dc that that you, that, that we can have a bangles bar dude even in cincinnati like, for Bengals home games, if they're playing the Steelers, like, half the crowd's wearing black and gold. Even if they're playing, like, the Browns, there's, like, tons of Browns fans. It's like, the the Bengals don't have Bengals fans in Cincinnati, let alone D.C. That's just wild, man. Yeah, it's crazy. So, all right, man, let's, uh, look, I'm critical of the president a lot, and I, I give the president credit a lot, you know, depending on the day. But I'm going to go pretty much full MAGA on today's show, man. Like, uh, just a warning to... to if there's any never Trumpers left listening to the show, there's probably a few of you guys out there maybe, but I want to talk about maybe the best reason to support president Trump for reelection. And like, we obviously make the case all the time for, you know, tax cuts, which are great, you know, ori- originalist judges on the Supreme court and lower courts, you know, de- deregulate deregulation. Obviously these things are very important, but Trump demonstrated why I endorsed him for reelection over the weekend. And, and the president has banned critical race theory training for government agencies, including the military, which I did not know um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, the military was being trained in, in critical race theory. That's super disturbing, but it's it not no happening idea. anymore. I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, critical race theory is like this evil communist philosophy literally developed to destroy the country and start a race war. It, it weaponizes, it's the weaponization of, of racial grievances in the attempt to overthrow capitalism, essentially. It, it's Marxism for people who want a race war instead of a class war, pretty much, if that makes sense. And the left has been infiltrating our institutions with this evil BS for decades, including apparently the military, and Trump put an end to it. And this is why we need Trump in the White House for four more years. Like Whether he understands the importance of this or not, he is the culture warrior standing up to the racist communists on the left. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's that's one of the big reasons I think a lot of, you know, formerly blue dog Democrats, you know, people in the middle of the country or just one of the like that's one of the biggest reasons he won is because he was a culture warrior in the 2016 election. And that's and that's what he he's largely been as as president. And, you know, a lot of these what I don't understand, like what what blows my mind about a lot of, you know, never Trumpers on the right who, you know, they, they constantly talk about Trump's character flaws and whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. But like, the, it's not, he's not the biggest threat to our, to, to us today. The biggest threat to us is the left. They're coming, they're coming for, they're coming for you. They want, you know, they, they want your children to be learning about the 1619 project in schools. They want, you know, to be able to take your child away if they're, they decide they're a different gender, but you say no, like they did in Canada. Like all of the, like they want churches to pay taxes. Like they want, they're coming for, they're come like they're it, the far, the radical left has become so militant as we've seen in the streets of our country for the last couple of months. And, you know, Trump is 
the is the vanguard against all of that because and so this is just another instance of that banning critical race theory which came from OMB director Russell Vaught who I, I know his wife very well very they're very nice people and a very good family and I'm very glad he did that. I didn't even know my tax dollars were funding yeah. our our military to learn about to learn about why they're so to learn about why they're racist it's it's really weird but like what I would say yeah but yeah but but yeah bottom line just you know the left is they're out to get us they're out to enforce their will on on us and Trump is the vanguard against that and that is one of the big that's one of the biggest cases for reelecting Donald Trump in 20 in this election cycle absolutely and I just have to give Trump credit man like I, I know a lot of the uh the early you know MAGA hat wearing Trump train guys which neither one of us were you know yeah. at, at the beginning um, they, they would say things right after Trump was was elected and he started getting some things done like you know see only Trump would have done this you know with the the moving the 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 embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. You know, only Trump would have had the balls to do that. And I, I, I kind of push back on that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm starting to, in, in terms of some of these things, like banning critical race theory, I, I don't know, man. I think <laughs> I think a lot of the, the Trumpsters have a point. Like, I, I don't know how many Republicans would stand up to Black Lives Matter the way Trump has. Like, I can't imagine a lot of Republican presidents... I, I, I can imagine a lot of Republican presidents emba- embracing these communist terrorists. You know, like, you think Jeb Bush would have told Black Lives Matter to kick rocks? Or would he be pandering to them the way, you know, like Mitt Romney did? He was marching with Black Lives Matter, right? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think there is something to be said that Trump might be one of the only Republicans that would actually have the stones to stand up to these communist tactics, man. I think a lot of these Republicans would be pandering to these people. Um, I don't think Trump's the only one. I think like a Ted Cruz, a Rand Paul, people like that uh, would would have the chest, you know, to stand up to these people. But I, I could picture a, a, a President Jeb Bush totally pandering to these commies, you know, not standing up to these these people trying to indoctrinate our military. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do think that the, the Trump train guys, I don't know. I think they were right on a lot. And I, I'm kind of walking back some of my criticism of them. No, yeah, I've walked back basically all of mine that I ever had because, you know, they, they were right. Like, you think about, like you said, moving the embassy to Jerusalem. That was a bill that was passed in the 90s. We've had we had a Republican president since then. He didn't do it, but Trump did. Right. And, you know, I think I think a lot there's a lot of things that Trump has done during his presidency that I do not think a lot. Many other of the Republicans who are running in 2016 would have had the courage to do. I think one of the reasons people voted for Donald Trump is because they were sick and tired of Republicans who weren't willing to fight. You know, we had had Mitt Romney and John McCain who were not willing to to go all out against Barack Obama in the same way that Donald Trump did against his opponents and then against Hillary Clinton. I think, you know, I think like good for him. I think that's good. I think we Repu- Republicans had had decades of of le- of leaders in their party who refused to fight for them. And they found a bombastic billionaire from New York who was willing to, who was willing to do it. And that's one of the biggest reasons he won because he's, because he's an he's not, he's spent, he's never been in DC. He's complete. He's not beholden to anybody in DC. And he's, and he came in there wanting to burn the whole thing to the ground. And that's, you know, that message resonated with people and it's continues to resonate with people who feel this, who feel disaffected from the political class and from the elites in their country. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And and I really do believe that 
this culture war stuff. And, and like, I'm a policy guy, man. I, if I could just talk, like, tax policy all day, that would really make me happy because I'm a freaking dork. But, like, this culture war stuff is probably the, the most important issue facing the country right now. Like, Trump's—and don't get me wrong, man. Like, we all know Trump's presidency has been a mixed bag in terms of policy, right? Like, he's been pretty horrible on spending. Really good on the Middle East, right? Really good on regulation. You know, it's, it, it's been all over the place, good and bad. But he's standing up to the people that literally want to end the republic. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're not hiding the ball. They're, they're literally telling you that they hate this country. And Trump's standing up to these people. And not many men would have the chest to do that in the face of all this opposition, even from his own party, and in the face of 99% negative press coverage or press coffee. You know, so like, I, I don't know. I, I think this is the most important issue we're facing. We're looking at major cities burning to the ground every night since May. You know what I mean? Like I, this culture war stuff is right now. It's more important than if the, the top marginal tax rate is 34 percent or 36 percent. You know what I mean? Like th- this stuff that the critical race theory, that 1619 project being taught in schools. We need somebody that's going to shut that down, and that's more important to the future of the republic than some of these policy points. Unfortunately, like I, I wish we could sit here and talk policy all day, but this stuff is really what matters right now. No, yeah, like now more than ever, as we've seen what's happened in our country for the last three months, as you know, it's become, you know, it's be, it's become set in stone that you're not allowed to criticize Black Lives Matter. Right. You're not you're not allowed to, you know, talk about how. Jacob Blake was accused of rape. You have to just accept that he was a victim of a racist police officer. Like it, it's more, it's Insanity. more important. It's more important now than ever because these people control the, Like these people control the narrative. The last few decades, have, we've seen you know conservatives capitulate to the left on every single cultural issue, and we've basically like we, what what like conservatives are barely winning the culture war now. Like they, the left controls academia, they control Hollywood, they control the narrative, and so it's more like right now. In this moment in history of our country, talking forcefully about cultural issues is more important than it's ever been. Yes. And, I, and Trump understands that. He understands that, I think, more than any than most Republican politicians. And so I think just banning critical race theory is a prime example of that. And I think, you know, I think people like I, I wish I was out campaigning right now because I've not I've I've knocked enough doors in blue areas to know that, like, OK, I was when you when, when you're you knock on a Democrat store in Connecticut and you tell them your taxes will go down if you vote for Bob Stefanowski, if you vote for Ned Lamont, they're going to go up and they tell you, ah, I'd never vote for a Republican. You can tell them that's a little, you're blue in the face and they'll still say they'll never vote for a Republican. But I'd love to go out there now and say, you see all of these Marxists who are talking about that America is a terrible place and they want to burn our cities down and they've been burning our cities down. These people are these are Joe Biden voters. These are people Joe Biden has not condemned forcefully by name. Would you consider voting for the other side? Because this could come to your this could come to your community one day. And I'd be interested to hear what they say. I think the I think it's been reflecting in the polling. I think you see in in Florida, we had that recent poll where Trump is winning among Hispanics in Florida and is beating Joe Biden. He's not only beating Joe Biden in Florida, but winning among Hispanics. Yes. And the polling out of Minnesota has Minnesota in play. Like Joe Biden was only up by two points in Minnesota of all places and Wisconsin too. So I think right now, I think the, the culture, I think that the Trump culture war, war warrior is a message that will appeal to a lot of voters who feel that they don't want, they, they, they're not a fan of the Marxist revolution 
happening in their streets right now. Yeah, you are 100% correct. And and talking about the 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 fact that the polls are tightening, you know, and that that poll out of Florida showing Trump in the lead among uh, Hispanics, it's like obviously the right we're we're correct on policy, right? Like we want to lower taxes, the Democrats want to raise taxes. We're right, they're wrong. Okay, we're good, they're bad <laughs> on policy. But us being right about policy, Biden was still ahead by 10 points, right, in the real clear politics average. But the culture war stuff is what swung the polls. I mean, we could t- Trump could talk about how correct he is on policy until he's blue in the face, and it didn't. It wasn't really making a difference in terms of polling data. But when the left sees, you know, Democrats burning down cities, and then Democratic politicians endorsing the violence, and Trump saying no, we need to stop the violence, that's when the polls started uh, started tightening. I mean, it just shows what's important to people. And like you said, you know, the 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 longtime lifelong Democrat in in Connecticut. You know, who maybe doesn't care about <laughs> top marginal tax rates or corporate tax rates. They don't really care about that, but they care what they look at Kenosha, Wisconsin, and they see a community that mirrors their own community. They see it burning to the ground. And Trump says, I'm not going to let that happen to you. And the Democrats are endorsing the violence. I mean, that that might swing votes. That's going to swing a heck of a lot more votes than talking about tax policy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said before, I'd love to. I wish I was out campaigning right now instead of being a dumb journalist in dc but it'll be interesting to see like what you know what type of if it's how 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 much it will swing the vote and i i think it will a lot i think people don't like you know people people don't like watching cities burn down and they don't like watching democratic politicians either excuse it or openly endorsing it and i think you know we'll we'll see what happens i think i think it's going to have a big effect on on a lot of you know, swing state voters. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. Um, so I, I don't even know if this is worth mentioning because the narrative fell apart faster than even I anticipated. <laughs> but Jeffrey Goldberg uh, of The Atlantic, um, best known for performing fellatio on President Obama every day for eight years and firing Kevin Williamson uh, 30 seconds after hiring him because he realized that Kevin Williamson is Kevin Williamson. Uh, so, so Jeffrey Goldberg wrote an insane piece accusing Trump of of calling World War One veterans losers and claiming even that that Trump didn't know which side of World War One the United States was on, uh, just just nutty stuff. Um, he claimed to have you know four anonymous sources, um, which of course in journal speak means you know four of Jeffrey Goldberg's imaginary friends. Um, I doubt that these people actually exist, um, but you know everybody who was actually in the room uh, at, at the time in question have denied this and said it's absolute BS. Um, this obviously never happened. Um, man, the, the left is just desperate. I mean, these people have, they're, they're showing how desperate they are right now. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we still hold Jeffrey Goldberg as some reliable individual in journalism after, you know, he lied about Saddam Hussein being in league with Al Qaeda Yep. and, and that being one of the biggest reasons his journalism in Iraq being one of the biggest reasons we launched the Iraq war. We still trust that guy, that guy, the, the guy in 2016 who wrote that Donald Trump was an asset of Vladimir Putin, who, <laughs> who was he was writing all these like the like we still like people in media just fail upward. You can be one of the biggest reasons we start a failed war that killed thousands of Americans and suffer absolutely no career consequences because of it. So that's the first thing. As for the story itself, it followed. It, it fell apart immediately. The first graph of the story 
says that President Trump's visit to the military cemetery in France in 2018 was it was a lie that it was canceled due, due to rain. And I remember when this happened. It was like a big it was a whole big media story about how, you know, Trump was afraid of a little rain. So that's why they canceled this trip. And so a FOIA, there was a FOIA document from the Navy, Freedom of Information Act. After that happened, so a journalist FOIA'd the, do, the, the official docs from the Department of the Navy, and it said that it was canceled due to weather. So literally the, fir- the, the first graph has the sources saying that it wasn't actually canceled due to rain. It was canceled because Donald Trump didn't want to go pay respects to the troops. FOIA document from the Navy proves that to be false. So already these sources are telling lies. And, and so on top of that, they really – Dan Rather really let, let the game loose oh, the other day. <laughs> literally let the game loose the other day where he was like – what did he say exactly? He was like, it, it's, up in the air, it's up in the air whether it's true, but it's believable to a yeah, lot of people. So even if he and, didn't say it, it's still and, believable. And that's the game right here. Dan yeah. Rather knows all about pushing false stories in a presidential campaign. In, in, order to, in order to try and sway the vote. And that's what a textbook example of what's happening right here. Maybe Trump said it, maybe we didn't. He don't, we don't know. But the bottom line is, how many times have we heard the story? For people familiar with the discussions, high-ranking members in the Trump administration say this. We've heard the story a million times, and a million times it turned out to be false. And so why the hell should we believe it this time? And the answer is, you absolutely shouldn't. That's the thing, man. That's the thing, Greg. I, I, and I hate to do this, but I have to say it. I, I never attack the voters. I focus on the policies and the politicians. I attack the policies and the politicians on the left, not Democratic voters themselves. But I just have to mention briefly, this, this, this piece was anti-Trump fan fiction. I mean, it was like it wasn't remotely believable. Like, it's like a child can see through this. It's just fan fiction aimed at the lowest common denominator on the left. And I, 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 I thought, I, I would assume that most Democrats could see through this slander. And they didn't. They didn't. It's like, I, and, and, or at least, maybe, maybe, obviously Twitter is not real life. So maybe I'm just judging this based on Twitter Democrats. But Twitter Democrats had this, had this trending for like a week straight, right? Like they, they bought in hook, line, and sinker. Okay, like I've seen largemouth bass with less restraint than than these Democrats on Twitter. It, it just doesn't say anything good about the mental state of voters on the left, at least the people on Twitter, if they went along with this. Like I, I hope, I hope and pray that most Democrats did not buy into this nonsense because it wasn't even like just at face value, man. At face, the anonymous sources. The outlandish claims. It, it was just like fan fiction written by like a 12-year-old. You know what I mean? Like it's just pathetic and t- that this many Democratic voters bought into it. Oof, it does not say anything good about our friends on the left. I, I saw somebody on Twitter when it came out describe it as the Lincoln Project's off-Broadway play. Yes. And uh, no, but I mean the bo- it's not going to change any votes. Like people – they reported it like we, we've, we've seen this like a million times where journalists who have been out to get Donald Trump from the beginning report things not because because they have the facts to back up the claims, but because it confirms their priors about President Trump. And with most Democratic voters, you're not going to change their mind about President Trump. They've already made up their mind. And so that like I have I have a stepdad who's very liberal. And if he hears something on MSNBC, he believes it. <laughs> It's just just the same way people if if people you know if boomer Republicans hear something on Hannity they'll they'll believe it. 
like this is a type of story that is not going to change anybody's mind. People who hate Trump are going to run with it because they hate Trump, even though the the it the, it fails basic fact checks. The thing so, is, I the thing like is, it's, I it's just it's one of those like gotcha stories that the media has done all these for all all for the last four years that have you know they've tried the people in the media have tried way too hard to be the next Woodward and Bernstein who has you know the anonymous source that's going to take down the Trump administration and they failed miserably every single time but all and, these hit pieces all the, it, it's all like, yeah, like when, people people going back to Russian collusion point, like people have watched the last they they saw Russian collusion they saw the steel dossier they saw Brian Ross crash the stock market by saying that Flynn was about to testify that Trump told him to speak to Russia. Oh, God. They, they saw CNN report that Donald Trump Jr. had gotten the WikiLeaks dump in advance that turned out to be false. They've seen all, they've seen all of these stories the last four years that have, ne- that have been wrong from anonymous sources, and they see right through it at this point. And this Atlantic story is not going to change that. No, and the thing is— all of it, going back to Russian collusion or this this piece in the Atlantic, it I, the only equivalent on the right that I can think of is like the the birther stuff with President Obama, right? How like some people thought that, you know, he was he wasn't really born in Hawaii or whatever, but like not that many Republicans bought into that. Like there was a few people that did, including President Trump at the time, uh, <laughs> you know, for at least briefly. But like that wasn't widespread on the right. That wasn't like. Nobody, nobody I know bought into that. No Republicans I know bought into that. Like it wasn't, but all these the Russian collusion, this nonsense about the, you know the World War One memorial. I mean, it's like half or or more of Democrats believe this nonsense. It's not like half of the Republican Party believe that Obama was born in Kenya or something. So it's like, why can people on the right see through this nonsense, this partisan nonsense, and people on the left can't? Yeah, I mean, like. The left is just like the hatred for Donald Trump is just so profound on the left and the the desire to get Donald Trump out of office, like the resistance, the quote unquote resistance. It's been there since the beginning. And, you know, you could you could report that Donald Trump killed a killed a baby in the middle. An anonymous source could report that Donald Trump killed a baby in the middle of Fifth Avenue. And, you know, people on the left would run with it because they hate Donald Trump and they want him out of office by any means. And, you know. It's you know it's not gonna it's nothing can ever change their mind about that. One more thing before I let you go, uh, I've been hiking and fishing all weekend, so I missed a ton. I'm I'm kind of behind on on my news, but you sent me a clip that I had missed uh, right before we started recording. It was from Tucker Carlson's show last night. Um, just incredible stuff, incredible stuff. And Tucker broke some news um, with audio clips from CNN President Jeff Zucker, where Zucker admits. Uh, to colluding with the Trump campaign <laughs> in the 2016 primaries. This is the, the president of CNN. Um, Greg, you can't make this stuff up. Nope. It's, uh, it's collusion with uh, CNN. It's, it's, it's pretty it, – it, I mean it, it's not shocking at all. And it just reveals so much about how full of crap everybody on CNN is because – like the, these people would, they would, they would sell out to anybody for another house in the Hamptons. Like, like Jeff Zucker, Jeff Zucker is not some, some warrior against, you know, the forces of fascism coming from the Trump administration. He's all about ratings. He's all about money. He's all about power. And he'll go anywhere and talk to anybody in order to increase his power and his money and his influence. And that included giving Donald Trump debate advice and telling him that he wanted to give him a weekly show on CNN. And 
you know, it just goes to show that, like, all of these people on CNN, like, from Don Lemon to Brian Stelter to Anderson Cooper, they're all they're all figments of Jeff Zucker's imagination. They're not they, they don't mean any of the things they say. They take their marching orders from their from their boss, who is one of the biggest snakes in Washington, D.C., Jeff Zucker. And, you know, so and, and once again, like pe- people remember 2016, the media built Donald Trump up. He went on Morning Joe every single day. Yeah. And and because because he was because he gave them ratings. He was a big ratings draw. That's what these people do. They don't care about telling the truth more than what increases their ratings and what will make them a lot more money. And so, you know, it's not shocking. Like the audio, the, the leaked audio, like I don't know who's leaking this audio to Tucker, but because he had the, the one with Cohen and Chris Cuomo the other the other week. But they're, they're It's pretty incredible. And I hope there's more. And if you haven't seen the segment from Tucker last night, go check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'll never get bored with Tucker just uh, just owning CNN. I mean, I love his personal vendetta against CNN. It is just, it's beautiful to watch. But it's just, it's just art, man. It's it's just, <laughs> I, you know, Jeff Zucker. At the same time, he'll go on TV and call Donald Trump a racist, and everybody he employs calls Donald Trump a racist and Hitler and super Hitler and everything else. Uh, and then he, he, at the same time, he's actively working to to get Trump elected. And then Trump immediately turns around after becoming president and just carpet bombs CNN. <laughs> it's like, look, man, you created a monster. And see, I don't know if it's because Zucker actually liked Donald Trump, you know, privately, or if he just thought that Trump was the easiest candidate for Hillary Clinton to beat. It's probably the latter. But hey, man, you help create a monster, and that monster is just beating the crap out of you every second of every day. And I just, you just love to see it. Yeah, it's just funny to to watch Trump being the monster the media created, like the and then the monster comes for its creators. It's very it's very satisfying because these people are just so full of crap, and you should never believe a word that comes that comes out of their mouths. And you know, when Brian Stelter goes on TV every Sunday and talks about how Trump is threatening the media and how Trump's a big threat to our country. Hey, man, your boss was giving him debate advice, so. <laughs> might want to talk to him about that. <laughs> oh, man. And Marco Rubio should be pissed, too, because all the uh, Jeff Sucker's advice was like anti-Marco Rubio stuff. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg, my brother, thanks so much for doing this, man. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Uh, where, can, uh, where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch and check out the Daily Caller and all that good stuff? Yep. So I'm uh, Greg underscore Price 11 on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the Daily Caller. It's at Daily Caller on everything. And... Uh, Subscribe for nine ninety nine a month. You can become a Daily Caller Patriot and get all of our paywalled content, which we have a lot of great stuff that comes out every day. Um, yeah, check out the Daily Caller. We, we're center right journalism today is is more important than ever, and a lot of this like the day there's no conservative news outlet that breaks more news, important news every single day than we do. So if you you know, ditch cable news, ditch the liars in corporate media and subscribe to The Daily Caller because what we do is very important. Yeah, definitely support The Daily Caller. And just shout out to The Daily Caller, your colleagues over there, man. Like you guys have been covering these riots across the country yep. on the ground more extensively than probably anyone. Um, Almost yeah. getting shot, too. Yeah. I mean, put literally putting life and limb on the line to, to get the facts. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing the Lord's work over there. So everybody follow Greg. He's great. Everybody check out DailyCaller.com. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>